are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night. War, war. Room. Room. With your host, C-Dope It's your boy C. The Walker well, I got my boys with me Mike, Mike. C. C. Get your weight up, strength and conditioning, development Ike Jones, Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday night war Let's go! War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. Come on in to the room. Do us a quick favor. You know what to do. Smash that like button. Yeah. Give us a War Eagle in the comments. Some of y'all are already doing it. Also, please, whatever you do, just just drop your city. If you haven't done that already, want to see where you're from. Also, too, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're tweeting, whatever, tweet this link out so people will know that we're live and we're celebrating with with you guys. So definitely do that. We want to get make sure we get a lot of people watching this, enough eyes on this. We see a lot of people on who are subscribed to us. Pay subscribers. That's always a beautiful thing. And if you're wondering how you can become an insider with us, Mike G can give us the lowdown on how you can do that. Listen, if you're asking yourself why become an insider, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I see that uh, my man um, uh, Ed Darby is in here talking about our last chop it up up? with a pro. What's going on, Ed? Uh, we brought Devin Aroma Shadu on, and he uh, got in with Ike, and they dug into the film to talk about why receivers, routes, responsibilities, reads. Uh, you know, I mean, it was very educational for a lot of us to learn the responsibility that the wide receiver has to read the defense for pre-snap, right? So it's more than just running routes. Uh, I love digging into this. The, the film reviews are some of my favorite stuff. So um, that being said, our next Chop It Up with the Pro. Is coming with uh, none other than Chris Todd. So uh, we're doing a QB chop it up. I expect it to be highly divisive uh, with lots of yeah, y'all, argument. Y'all, y'all already know y'all been waiting. They, they, since we started doing film review, everyone has been waiting on yeah, this chop it up. right here. Right. So yeah, as always, um, if you saw the last chop it up, but you were not an insider, you will not be able to see this chop it up unless you're an insider. So those are now exclusive only to insiders. Uh, how do you become an insider? Five ninety nine will get you there. If you're on an iPhone, you have to view it from your web browser in desktop mode. Otherwise, hit a computer. You'll see that join button right there on our front page. Um, and as always, we got the merch. You see us all wearing it. To get your weight up. This is a great way to support us. Uh, and you can also support us by hitting our GoFundMe. Um, I have been overwhelmed uh, by the generosity of the people who watch our show and support what we do. So please, if you want to support us, we appreciate Super Chats. YouTube takes a big cut of that. We don't want to make them rich. Uh, so uh, help us bring you more quality content. Hit that GoFundMe. And then last but not least, part two of our Building Rapport series with Kevin Yox is coming next Monday. Uh, you know, in this first interview, he told us a lot about his background and really set up the intro to, you know, you know, his experience and why he got into the strength and conditioning game. Uh, this next interview goes deep. Uh, you know, we talked to him for over two hours and had to break it into three parts. You definitely don't want to miss this interview. 
building rapport, 10 a.m. Eastern, every single Monday. We are dropping that for you. If you're an insider, you get to see it on Saturday morning. So starting Saturday morning, that drops for insiders. Monday morning for everybody else. And that's it. That's all I got. Listen, it was fire interviewing the man. Oh, man, it was, uh, it was a pleasure. It's a pleasure to man. One of the things that stood out to me about uh, Coach Jacques is for a lot of people to give him his just due and praise. He was an incredibly humble man. Yeah, right. right? Sure. And that's that's just one of the things that was just refreshing talking to him. Like a guy who has every reason to to pump his chest and brag on his accomplishments is just humble. And it was just a pleasure to talk to him. He enjoyed talking to us and. We're looking forward to doing more stuff with him in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I was completely taken back by his humility yeah, and how humble he was. And every player we've talked to has credited him significantly for either their physical or their mental improvement to be able to play college football at a high level. He is a great man. Uh, he's an Auburn man. Uh, you know, I don't I don't care what he did after he left Auburn. He's always an Auburn guy in my heart. He was here from 99 to 2012. So he was actually part of two undefeated squads at Auburn. Uh-huh. He had his hand in two of them. 04, yeah. 2010. You know, uh, and if you ask me, that 04 one should have been a national championship anyway. So um, you definitely don't want to miss that. If you, uh, as Caesar said, he was, it was just um, talking to him. I felt like I could have talked to him all night. Uh, you know, digging into his brain and the stories that he had about the players and just, you know, the things that he did. And, you know, he kind of showed me that strength and conditioning is a little bit more straightforward than I thought. Now, y'all know I love me some strength (laughs) and conditioning, right? And uh, Yox broke it down and he said, listen, Mike, there's strength and then there's conditioning. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, you know, the methodology behind when you do what and, you know, why one may be more important than the other in playing college football. So, you know, uh, I'll I'll, I'll leak this. Yach said it. He said a couple times during our interview, he said, if you can't run, you can't play. Yeah. 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 Right. And I was just, I mean, I'm listen, I was as starstruck as you'll see me during one of these building report interviews. (laughs) Y'all can have y'all. Y'all have all these players, man. Yach is the man. Uh, So we are incredibly grateful uh, to him for donating his time to to help us educate ourselves and our listeners. And also, um, you know, he, he's a friend of the show. He is Indeed. a friend of the show. So yeah. um, do not be fooled before I throw it back to Caesar. I, I just want to say this. It's our hundredth live stream. Yes, sir. And yeah, I man. firmly believe that we are bringing you guys something that nobody has done in this space before in terms of education. So just don't be fooled by the imitators out there. Uh, we have our channels that we support. Certainly Vernon speaks chase H. I see uh, you in the comments here as well. Um, he just dropped a video on, uh, on um, average recruiting. Yeah. Average yeah. recruiting class. Let, let's, let's talk about that. One yes, in a please. Second too, man. Please. Chase, chase, I, I, now chase. I'm going to be honest. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. I am going to watch it after we I get done it. here. But uh, I did see some of the commentary that happened in All About Auburn about it. So I definitely want to. <laughs> yeah, wanna I did see that. that. A little bit. It was, yeah, it, was it, that. it was a great thought provoking. Uh, Chase and I have conversations on yeah. the side about just football and life and, and, and stuff. And, 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 you know, he told me he was dropping this video. And I told him, I said, you know, it's funny that you're doing a deep dive on that because that's something that we talk about. Uh, a lot on our show. So I encourage you to go watch his video. Uh, this sure. is by no means a, a preclude to not watching his video. You need to go watch that. But there is definitely yeah. a correlation between average recruiting classes and people who are pulling in championships every year. Right. Right. But there's also a correlation between 
what those certain schools are doing with the talent they get because he pulled a number that I thought was very shocking about Auburn and that we have an average over the last 10 years. So if you don't go back 12, you go back 10, we average ninth in recruiting. Mm. Ninth. Man, we talk about development so much, and I was so blown away just to see that on paper. You know, Chase does his research, and, and I just thought to myself, I was like, wow, like ninth? And f- how many times have we finished outside the, the, the top 25 of the final standings? Mm. That's, that's right. all I've listened. We, we'll uh, talk about yeah. it here in a second. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Let, let's let's yeah. get to some of these comments. We, we, let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, we do have a question related to insiders. Jeremy, Jeremy Elkles, where you go, alum. Remember you, my guy, he has a question. Do insiders have access to old chop it ups? Absolutely. Yes. We yeah. found a way to make that happen for you guys. So um, if Indeed. you, if you want to go back and watch the film review that we did with Devin Aroma should do, um, that is up. Also the first two that we did with King Dunlap are posted for you guys. Um, so that you guys know the first chop it up is just a Q and a for you guys. Right. Ask so them any question you want. A week from tomorrow, we will have our first Q&A with Chris Todd. With Chris Todd. The film review is going to be two weeks from that. So just exactly. for clarity. Right. So um, Chris Todd is a friend of the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, he hits me up from time to time. And we just go back and forth about football. Uh, he's an incredibly intelligent and insightful guy. Um, you know, he had all the tools up here to play the game at a very, very high level. And so, again, we are honored and humbled to be able to pick his brain. So, you know, in you know, to circle back on the question, yes, that is now available to you guys uh, to view those in their entirety. So, sure. So, also, let me shout out. Um, oh, go ahead, go ahead, boy Clifton. He used to be my um my my pest control dude. Man, he was the greatest pest control <laughs> dude ever. Pest control dude at like the uh, the apartments or at, at those the no school? like in my house. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, man. He was working well, for place down Clifton here. Shout out to you, keeping them critters he out the to, house. Uh, listen, listen, was, listen, was, listen. Uh, ahead, hold on, B. Hold on, B. Hold on, B. Just like you had to have a good relationship with a good barber, homeowners, you got to have a relationship with a good bug man yeah, in the man, South. For real. Like, so, that, that, is, that is an underrated right. relationship. Continue, B. Talk about yeah, how great right. this man is. Right? Man, let me tell you, man. This man, he hooked it up. We had ants one time. One time we had ants. I tried to do it myself. Terrible idea. Looked mm-hmm. online, got some some ideas <laughs> wrong. I called this man, man. I might have seen maybe about five ants and two roaches over the next two years. Oh, man. This man did the thing, man. He did the thing. So shout out. He ain't my guy no more because he actually moved. Him and his wife had to move closer to where uh, they live, their hometown, so he couldn't commute this way. But appreciate you watching and appreciate the work you did for me, man. Good luck to you out there. Man. Listen, my man, uh, go ahead. Love the interview from hearing the players talk about him. I thought he was going to be more intense, but seems calm and professional. Listen, he's he, he's virtually retired. Yeah. Right. Um. You know, and uh you know, we I won't I won't put his business out there, but you know, listen, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in, in coaching here, you know, in the next few years. Just he's too good. Yeah. He's too good at what he does, man, to sit on the sidelines and, and and not be involved in some way. I hope it's at Auburn. I hope he gets a chance at Auburn somehow. Uh, I mean he loves what he does too. <laughs> he loves yeah, what super he does evident. too. Yeah, yeah, like let I me mean, listen to other people like people who were not even at like JG a week ago was like, Hey, this guy helped me lose a hundred pounds. Yeah. Right. And and defended him, right? When someone, you know, talked about how JG couldn't couldn't last on the field. Like he's passionate about helping people and and he's passionate about what he does. 
I wouldn't be surprised, Mike G, if he ends up doing it uh, yeah, again sure. with another another school because uh, that's whatever school if that was to happen, Lansing would be a lucky institution and uh, better Ed, because of it. Ed Darby raises an interesting uh, com- comment here. We started with twenty views. Man, let me tell you, we yeah. did start with twenty views a that's long a time fact. ago. My, <laughs> myself and Isaac. Yeah. How long ago was it? Almost a year and a half ago now, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we have uh, some people who were following us back then, like Devin Dawson, you know, uh, was following us back then when we were uh, humble beginnings. Uh, and we're going to stay humble. Anthony Grant's been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Bro. Yeah, shout out Anthony to Anthony. For a long time. So um, we are humbled and honored to be at 100 and going strong. So we'll see you guys on the other end of 200. You guys have definitely seen the growth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Jonathan, they, listen, I, not not that I necessarily want y'all to go watch all them old shows or real trash, don't, don't, but they're there, they're, they're available. Don't, don't watch we, didn't, we didn't delete them. Don't go. Yeah, we right. good. Just um, just watch this right now. We good right now. <laughs> you know, nice this right is uh, this is interesting. We're an interesting. Uh, you know, we're at the fifteen minute mark here, so I want to get into some football talk. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, we we got we got the week off, right? Um, and they go back to practice next week, I believe. Uh, yeah. So you know, one week in the books. I feel pretty good about what we're seeing on the field. Um, you know, only bad news to come out of this camp so far is uh, uh, right. Wright's injury. You right. know, yeah. Again, yeah. heart goes out to that young man. Um, uh, I wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, and, you know, he's just, uh, uh, you know, all the, for all reports were that he was killing it this spring. Yeah. Uh, before this happened. So, you know, um, we're going to have to dig deep. This is what developing depth is about. Right. Like, so right. we wish him a speedy recovery, but it is next man up. So somebody's got to step up and fill those shoes here uh, this fall. The biggest thing that to me, to answer your question, um, I like what I'm hearing in terms of how the players have taken to the new coaches. The mm-hmm. players were very vocal about the previous coaching staff leaving. So, it was very interesting to me to just see these guys take to these this coaching staff so fast right. before they even got to spring practice. I mean, I think it helps when you see the 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 AU football hype video and Harson is up five thirty in the morning working out with these guys. That's important, right? You're not just telling them what to do; you're proving that yo, I will do this with you. Right. right. And so I, I think building that relationship with the players early on is is was huge and it just seems like those guys have taken well to just the culture that Harson's trying to bring. He he is different than what the previous coach was doing. Um mm-hmm. definitely definitely a a hard-nosed coach, all about discipline and focus and he's really getting them to like just focus on everything that they're doing. Right? Not just going through the motions. And I think to me that's very important in terms of of building a championship program. Bo Nick said it. This guy is he's he's very extreme when it comes to being particular about the details. He's very right. detail oriented and that's important when you're trying to get to the next level. So to me just hearing those things coming from the players has been refreshing to hear because we wanted to see new ideas and I think we're getting that. Yeah, definitely. Um we I think I think this is going to come down to me for me it just comes down to uh, play calling and, and, and play skiing in terms of how well, you know, how far this team will go. You know, uh, yeah. I'm not convinced that, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm iffy on the O-line, right? I know they have sure. improvements that they need to make, certainly. I'm not certain they need to be world beaters for us to win 10 games. You know, I just think a, a good yeah. scheme can scheme around a lot of what we saw 
know, this, yeah. Yeah, this past I, I mean, fall. that's definitely one of the things that um, so far, the thing, I think the things that I like the most about what I've seen is kind of back to the theme is, like you said, CJ, attention to detail is a big thing for me. Um, I think for the first time, and again, I apologize to anybody who really loved the previous administration, but for the first time in a while, kids are learning how to play football for real. They're coming here and they're learning yeah. how to play football. Um, I don't I don't I rarely talk about interviews that we have coming up, but I will say that we do have some interviews coming up where we talk to some guys and they talk about oh, in, in, even in the previous interviews. We talked to guys who talk about like the ascension it takes mentally and physically to get to the next level, even from high school to college and in college to the pros. Mm. Um, and one of the things that they talk about is. When they were in college, they weren't watching film a ton. A.T. talked about he didn't watch a ton of film when he was in college. Mm -hmm. Um, Who was the other person that we just uh, interviewed recently that was talking about that? Cooper Wallace. Cooper Wallace. Y'all haven't seen Cooper Wallace. He's one of the ones we got coming up. Cooper Wallace was talking about how he wished he had learned to watch film when he was in college. Mm -hmm. I think that this staff is going to be preparing young men to be professionals, even at the collegiate level. You think you're a pro because you've been going to all these camps and these seven on sevens and you're doing all this stuff that resembles football. Right. And those seven on seven drills and a lot of those one on ones, you're seeing wide receivers go out there, make three and four moves to get open. You're not going to have that much time in the um, in a game in the SEC. You're definitely not going to have that much time in the NFL. You have to understand the details of what it is to release off of the line as a wide receiver, what it is to be on time with your break in and out of your breaks. If you're an offensive lineman. You know, again, I don't I don't normally tease a lot of the videos that we have coming up, but because it's already recorded, I can talk about this. We talked to Cole Kublick recently, and he was talking about the difference athletically. It took about the type of steps that you have to make in pass protection. There are things that are detail oriented that you have to learn how to do. Cooper Wallace talked about that same thing. The details it takes to play the position at a high level, it's more than just athleticism. Sometimes you have to be heady. A lot of the times you just have to learn from the film and you need mentorship. There's a ton of things that you got to be able to do. And I think that this staff is equipping those guys to do that. We may not see that in year one, right? We may not see this huge turnover and all that stuff. But what we will see, and, and luckily for a lot of those underclassmen, I'm thankful for Tank being able to learn this stuff early. Right, right. right yeah, He's right, going to have two right. years of guys showing him this is what it takes to be a pro back. Right. Uh-huh. You got Cadillac already there in the room, but you've got people who are designing offenses that you're going to see in the NFL. I'm thankful for a lot of our young linemen that are coming in that are going to get a chance to learn this early. We've got this fresh wide receiver core that are, they don't have to unlearn a bunch of bad habits. They're going to get all of this stuff early. Bo Nix, unfortunately, had two years of it, but he still has two years of eligibility left where he can come in and he can really learn how to play the position a little bit better. That's the thing I'm most excited about, the detail oriented nature of an offense that resembles an actual professional offense. And that is going to in turn mean recruits seeing that. And we get into now we can start getting those five star recruits that want to come and see a professional career after Auburn. This is the starting point for that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you don't have and you don't have guys on offense trying to convince scouts that, hey, I can play at the next level. You can see it on film. You can see that they understand how to play. You can watch my you can watch the film and I don't have to give you a lot of lip service to that. Hey, I can run routes. We did run routes. Right. Right. They're teaching them how to play the game. Uh Yeah. So you don't have to wait to your pro day to prove to somebody that you have the ability. You've got film to show them. 
Right. So if they don't ever come to your pro day, you can send a package and say, look at me run this route. I got a nine route in there. I got this out right here. I got this, you know, this over route. You know, this is me in this blocking scheme. This is me understanding what my hot read is off of this stuff. I can send you that entire package because I did it for years on Saturdays. Right. 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 Interesting comment here from Heath Denson. USA Today has Auburn sixth in the way too early SEC power rankings. So we were pretty mid with a six and five record. I would have had AU fifth and nine and three. Uh, Yeah. Thoughts about that, gentlemen? Uh, Is it is it? We know it's way too early, but this is what gets people talking. This is what pisses people off. This is what gets people going. What do we think? How do they have us at six and five when it's a 12 game season? (laughs) Like what? Like you said, like what? What? Uh, listen, man. I, maybe I, they meant six and six. Maybe they meant maybe, seven and five. I don't maybe. know. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I, I think I most know. of those predicts. Oh, so I think it's safe to say if you write for USA Today, unless you cover the conference specifically, you don't have a good idea of what we have on the shelves here. We yeah. do. You don't have a good idea of of who showed really well, even when we weren't having good seasons, and we do. And you also may not have a very good idea of what the coaching staff has been doing here, what 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 the energy has been like here. And those are things that, that we can read. Those are keys that we can see and kind of project forward to what we think is going to happen. Um, Mike said this right when Gus got fired or shortly thereafter, and that was, I don't think this is a, a rebuild. I think our pantries are stocked enough to have mm-hmm. a good season next year. Right. Now, cautiously, he was like, all right, eight and four, seven and five at the worst. And and I jumped right out and said nine and three. But it's hard to think that if strength and conditioning was an issue before and whether or not it was an issue kind of depends on what you think about what we're doing now versus what we were doing then. But it seems that what would what would we have been on the field if we had had our players prep to the current? strength and conditioning standard like we we weren't so far away well coaching wise we were but as far as what this talent is and what it needs to get better we've seen coaches come in and make a world of difference Al Borges took an offense mm-hmm. from from mediocre to undefeated that one coach it wasn't even the whole staff it was one guy that got subbed out same strength and conditioning coach same head coach, same D coordinator, and now we're undefeated. But listen, man, it doesn't take a lot, and we just swapped everything out. Why can't we improve astronomically? I think six and five is is disrespectful, honestly. But I, I do think six and five is a little low. Yeah, you know, it's a little low. It's a little low. But you know what? Um, it, uh, there's a lot that's TBD. Right. Yeah, so true. That's exactly. And, and that's why I'm not mad at it. Like, I think yeah, it's low, yeah. but I'm not mad at it. What you what you. So this is this is a good exercise for everybody who um who wants to be objective about what they feel like the SEC schedule is going to be and what the, the, the outcome is going to be is go through everybody's schedule, not just Auburn's schedule and try to predict what you feel like their record is going to be game by game. Right. Because right. what you what you'll find is as you're looking at Auburn's schedule, you're like, OK, we're coming off of 
LSU and then we got to go play Georgia, man. That's a hard back to back. Like, are we going to bend both of those games? Now, if you go through these other people's schedules, you'll see some of those same things and you'll think to yourself, okay, what is it going to look like? That's a home game for them going into that one. Go through the entirety of the SEC and see if that changes. What you'll find is a lot of those people who make those types of predictions, they start with the teams who they feel like are going to be the best teams and they do their schedules first and they'll be like, okay, I got them as a W here. Well, by default, if you've already gone through LSU, Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama, and you've checked those off as losses for Auburn because you think those teams will win, now Auburn's starting in your predictions with four losses. And where do you make up the rest of that stuff in their schedule? So like, and then they're like, oh, well, they might slip to this team. So then that's another loss, right? That's that's how a lot of these prediction places come up with what they do, even in right. the NFL. They run through the entirety of a schedule for every team, and now you're hell-bent on some of your picks because it's tied to some of your other picks because they play each other. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report, and you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, Facts and All, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Building Report, going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. And they tend to and they tend to write teams off too who have a who have a coaching change. So right. I rarely ever you rarely ever see people. I don't care how much talent they have on their roster. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's a transition of coaches, they're not going to give them the benefit of the doubt anyway. Right. 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 Yeah. I just Go ahead, I Mike. just think I see some nine and threes in here, nine to ten games. I just got to stress right, like uh, nine wins is real sunshine pumpy, right? Like. I mean that's real hopeful. Is it though? And, uh, yeah, it is. And and let me let me just remind everybody. <laughs> let, me rem- <laughs> let me remind everybody. It is <laughs> that while we hope that we get better in the fall, everybody else is doing that too. That, that that's something that I don't know if I said this on the show, but I know Mike and I have talked about this. Yeah. We get excited about our improvements as if everybody else is just going to stand still. That's yeah, just right. not a fact. Right. Right. Mississippi well, State right. is going to get better at running the Mike Leach offense. Ole Miss is going to get better at running Lane Kiffin's offense. LSU is going to be getting stronger because they're going to be healthier and they're not going to have as many guys opting out. Right. Bama's going to do what they do. Um, you know, and Texas A&M is really the only one that I'm looking at. And I'm like, I don't know what that offensive line is going to look like. Right. And they don't have yeah. a quarterback that we right. know about. Are they going to take a step back? Uh, but their defense ain't going to get any shabbier. They've been solid defensively for the last couple of years, I, and they've lost. They actually lost a lot of key players the year before last and came back and still had a good defense, right? And so when you look at the teams that are on our schedule, Arkansas, they were under their first year with Pittman. Are they going to be better this year? We don't right. know that, yeah. right? Right. Right. Um, we don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be in Arkansas, right? So like there, there are a lot of mitigating factors that will determine whether or not these other teams will be better. Not just are we getting better, but did we get better enough to either close the gap on the teams that were ahead of us or widen the gap on the teams that were behind us? Right, That's right. really the question. Listen, my thing is, is in the SEC, if you are standing still, you might as well just be moving backwards. And, uh, you know, while we hope that Harson improves evaluation and development, there are schools, there are at least five other schools in our conference who have been doing that better than us for the last five or six years. And I'm being generous with five or six years. Right. So, you know, while LSU did look, you know, comparatively speaking to what they've been putting out like trash last year, what I saw was I saw a team steadily improve through the end of the season. 
Now they legitimately have two quarterbacks who could start at most SEC schools. Right. And when was the last time we were able to say that they were fresh? I mean, and they had if you look at all the people they had opt out of last season, it was a wonder with all they lost to the NFL that they took a step back. Nobody, nobody was nobody's panicking in LSU, though, over their record this year. Orgeron is not on the hot seat, man. It was to be expected given all the things and and the track record with development there. So I just want to say that like nine and three. mm, I mean, we hope we're the team that surprises the conference, but I'm telling you it's the sec. So there's always, there are 13 other teams that could be that team minus Vanderbilt. (laughs) 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 Right. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah, that's the only ones I count out. Right, we got, we got them for graduation rates. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Anyways. Oh, man. Hold on, all right, be will. Hold on, be will. Did you want to say something on that? My bad. No, no. I, I was gonna jump in and say, I I agree that you can't just say, "Let me look at who you were last year." I'm gonna make some assumptions and I'm gonna correctly guess what that team is gonna be. That almost never works. All right. Right. We, we, and I say we, I mean mostly me, but everybody else to a certain extent assumed that Kellen Mond was going to be the very, very mediocre quarterback. He always was. And for that reason, A&M would be a decent but very beatable team. And they've had the best season they've had since Johnny Manziel was there. So right. you can't always see it. But I also want to bring something else up. It's not like we just got one piece that we think is an improvement. And so the thing that's happening with us getting these interviews with, with, uh, with uh, players, coaches, is you realize how far behind we were. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, that's what's getting me more excited and, and, and more. I'm expecting, I was stretching like nine and three was everything goes perfect. Now I'm right. expecting nine and three and 10 and two is if everything goes perfect because mm. I'm okay. realizing how far real behind we were um, yeah. I, in, in yeah, a lot yeah, of I'm, areas. Somebody yeah, just not in year one. So now <laughs> just not in year one. That's all I'm saying. Like, no, I, I'm with what? you, but okay. just after year after year one, I think eight wins is a good season. Nine wins is a blessing from God. 10 wins go buy a lottery ticket right now. It's your lucky day. I'll I'll say this when the when the season win lines come out, they usually come out sometime in the summer and we'll start getting to that stuff soon. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to be I would expect them to have our over under for season wins at about seven. And I would easily take the over for that. I'm Um, with you on that one. It's just. Yeah, we we have talent, man. It's like this. We have talent. We had at least two position groups that stacked. Wide receiver, DBs. All right, that DBs don't have experience. I don't care. They're talented, and now we have a better. How how often have we lamented Co- Cody Burns as a wide receiver coach? Mm-hmm. We said he had no business. All right, so that's gone, and now we've got a room full of what we believe are talented wide receivers. Yeah, Tennessee took a step back too, and that that was going to be the second part of it. Is <laughs> yeah, okay, so. Lawrence. So maybe everybody isn't as simple as you got better, you got bad. But listen, a lot of people are worse than they're supposed to be. As long as that's not us, why can't we go nine and three? 
Why is that not possible? Georgia I, I has been underwhelmed. to go nine and three. I think we have the talent to go to nine and three. The reason why I'm not there yet is because I need to see it on the field, right? Like having a bunch of talent. Right. And again, this this is not to bash the kid. Bo Nix is the, one of the most talented quarterbacks that Auburn has seen in a while. Yeah, tons of talent. I ain't, I ain't seen it on the field yet. Right. Consistently. Consistently. Right? And so Consistently. Having, having talent and showing talent are two different things. I need to see how they adapt to the changes because this is going to be a little bit more advanced than what they're, they're used to having to do. And that means that the mental part of the game is going to be difficult and they're going to have to adjust on the fly. How they make those adjustments is what we really are going to be able to know and understand soon that I have not had a chance to evaluate. I mean, I ain't even seen them play an A-Day yet. I don't even know what the scheme is going to look like yet right. and how, how uh, they execute it. I, so, yeah, so, I don't So saying, saying 9-3, and three, again, because uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the teams, because a lot of people have been talking about how Texas A&M loses their whole O-line. Now, mm-hmm. what I'm telling you is, is that when you are good at developing talent and you can play call, while that is certainly a stumbling block you have to overcome, it's not going to be the end of their season. Right. No, agree. I'm, th- I'm not right. saying that They'll that makes them it. a pushover. I'm right. just saying that that is a significant. It was a strength experience playing an O-line, especially together as a group, is a strength. They don't have that mm-hmm. anymore. That mm-hmm. That is a, a tangible uh, advantage. They don't have it. Even though Kellen Mon wasn't great, he had experience. You saw him get better the longer he was there. Now they hit the reset yeah. button. So if the next guy is more talented, he's still got to get reps. We've seen the, the the best quarterbacks come in, in in their first few games. Menzel, I distinctly remember. They went to Menzel their first year in the SEC, A&M, and they played, uh, it was either LSU or Florida, and they got beat, like both times. They lost their first two games oh. in the conference, and then he turned it on, and then they figured it out. They have to get reps to, to, to be as good as they're going to be, assuming that the coaching is there to maximize their talent. And so, yes, that gives us some time that gives us some time i would love to catch somebody early now i know we need to get adjusted to our system but as far as having reps being on the field and now being stronger and more fit than we've ever been we were gus was winning seven eight games with with an underdeveloped uh, strength and conditioning program you just bump that just make us a little marginally better all around the the core game plan which was still subpar I talked about it when you cut up the uh, film with Devin. It was bad game planning. It was bad play calling. It was bad strategy. We had so many things that were subpar. I think we improve simply by taking out the bad stuff. Now, what if everything else is actually good? Tell <laughs> me not, let me say, let, let me say, listen, I'm not mad at that, B. My thing is, he, here's the win to me. Consistency. You already said it, Ike. We saw under the past coaching staff, Auburn would be decent. And the next week, you don't even recognize that team anymore. Right. Right. And when they play teams that have the same amount or more talent than they do, they just disappear. I want to see that same team showing up week after week. To me, Mm -hmm. that's a sign, regardless of the record, that's a sign of a team that's improving because you're seeing a team that's maintaining its focus from week to week. Mm -hmm. Also, in order to get those 9 and 10 wins, it's going to involve some luck. There are some teams that look strong on paper beginning of the season, but when injuries hit, Mm-hmm. When suspensions happen, mm-hmm. when things like those things happen in a program, a kid loses his mind during the middle of the week and can't play. 
Right. Those things can affect the outcome of certain games. And now a team that looked like they was probably going to run us off the field looked vulnerable. So though that can be where you can look up and maybe get nine wins here because teams, as the season plays itself out, you know, you hope it doesn't happen to us. But as the season plays its way out, you see teams that loses guys who would probably be a problem for us are no longer in the picture. So, again, to Ike's point, we just have to wait and see what happens once the season starts and we'll get a clear picture of who's for real and who isn't. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Right. Sure. Before we go yeah. to the comments, uh, let me get a, a a a a show of hands here. Does everybody here at least agree that with what we've seen from Harson, we don't think a lack of effort, poor game planning, oh, yeah. or poor preparation you gotta will be a problem? Right yeah, like that's that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't have that feeling. I mean, and that's why we're optimistic. Right. That's why we're optimistic. Right. And I, right. I and I'm not mad at you saying, hey, why not nine? Why not ten? Right. Like, I, I understand the optimism. I'm just saying there's a lot of things we got to figure out, starting with the offensive line. How does that shake out for us? You know what I mean? So yeah. someone someone asked a question, and, you know, they asked a question about what does the offense have to do? Mm-hmm. Um, Something and, that, that Mike bemoans. I mean, including Bama, we really beat ourselves. I'm going to say we beat ourselves a lot yeah. in that Bama game. If you go back and watch the first half of that game, yeah. We beat ourselves a lot in that game as well. Now, I'm not oh. saying we win that game. Right. All I'm saying is we didn't help ourselves a lot. But the game, the, the game, the game, like, we was playing not to lose from the game plan to a lot of stuff in that game. But if, I don't even know if he was playing. What, not to lose. <laughs> he was just playing to show up because that. Never mind. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about. I'm gonna start getting mad. <laughs> we, we gotta bring it up. I don't want to get mad on my birthday. It's my birthday, not what, my real what? birthday. It's our hundred show. But I'm just saying, I don't want to be mad. On How my much birthday. better do we have to play as an offense? And and again, it starts up front. I would imagine. Um, of course, the game plan will revolve around Tank. He's going to be the bell cow, the workhorse. But something that Mike bemoans is something that JG said is. We might be a team that plays a bit of ball control to this offense, gets his legs up under them, understanding what they're doing, and we may be winning with defense. Um, that's a possibility. You would hope to think that this offense just explodes under Harson in year one, but realistically, I, I see that maybe happening in year two, year three, would not. This this first year is about them learning the offense. What does this offense have to do to hit nine or ten wins? I say explode. Mm-mm. Listen, I say, I say, stop losing the field position battle and yep. putting the defense sure. in a bad situation. So even if you're moving the ball, right? What we saw, what what, what we've gotten accustomed to are long spurts of three and outs, mm-hmm. where the defense holds on for a whole half. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, they're dog dead tired, and all the fans say our defense gave out. What they were? They we lost the time of possession battle by like ten minutes. Of course, yeah. they gave out, right? So I would just I would just say you know in today's SEC point you winning with defense makes my head hurt, and let me tell you why because we have consistently seen over the last few years that. The game has changed, man. You have to score points to win. And I'm not saying you have to put up 40 points a game. But I'm saying that it cannot be a highlight of your season when your offense puts up 35 points against an SEC opponent. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a long season for you. Right? I, so, think, I think 
for, for me, and I, I hate to cut, I, I want to agree with you and disagree a little bit. Winning with defense, I have zero problem with. W's is what I care about. But the reason why I agree with your initial point is for me, it's just toughness along the trenches on both sides. We need to dominate the line of scrimmage much better than we have in the past couple of years, specifically on the offensive side. We have not dominated the line of scrimmage. The defense last year, you know, in spurts was awful in the trenches, right? We were getting run over consistently. And that goes back to your point about time of possession. We have to make that a more equitable thing in the tougher games, right. those are the games where I feel like winning with defense is perfectly fine. Right. If you have a high-powered offense and you just want to play keep away with them, I'm good with that. But in the games where you're supposed the, – the, I, I keep trying not to go back to my frustrations pre- previously, but here, it, my frustrations about what happened before is the games we should have been winning and dominating were dogfights. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be in a dogfight against South Carolina again this year. I'm sorry. Right. No disrespect to the people up there in Columbia, South Carolina. Y'all's team should not have beat us last year. You were trash last year. You will probably be trash again this year. I do not want to be in another dogfight with South Carolina. Just period, point blank. We need to go out there, hit these boys in the mouth and be done with it. Yep. Yeah. So I I don't want us struggling against Akron game one. Alabama State needs to be up out of here by the first quarter and a half. Georgia State doesn't need to be in the game at halftime. Whoever the starting quarterback is for those games that I just mentioned, if they are still playing in the fourth quarter, I will be upset. Right. I I see it. I want to just take a a moment here, listen, to highlight Billy Jones. I appreciate Billy. He's a consistent uh, contributor to our community. Billy, we see you. Thank you for being an insider. Um, He is saying that Coach Dye and Tuberville won with defense and, and a power running games. My mm-hmm. point is, is that that era is gone. Dead. It's dead. Yeah. Right. So, yes, they did do it that way. But in today's SEC, because the rules are so offense friendly. Yeah. Right. You can't touch the quarterback. You can't touch the receivers. You can't do nothing. You can't play defense the way you did when those guys were coaching. Right. right? And it's just uh, uh, um, it's just a lot of uh, the quarterback position has evolved as well, too. So now, and I said this a long time ago, I was, when was the last time that we saw a game manager win a national championship at Coker, quarterback? 15. Coker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, does, it just but doesn't happen very ago. often. Yeah, that it doesn't happen very ago. often, man. True. All these teams that are winning championships have dynamic quarterbacks who are playmakers on high-powered offenses. I'm not saying that we have to have 2010 – Auburn offense, right? We went back after our chop it up with Devin. Um, uh, listen, if you don't know anything about me, when it comes to, to arguing with fans on message boards, I am petty. I am the yeah. pet. I'm as petty as they come. And this guy was trying to tell me that in the Bama game, we, I don't know. I remember what his argument about. It was something about offense in the Bama game. And I told him, I said, listen, there's no way you're selling to me that you watch the tape. And you're making an argument that we had any kind of offensive flow against Bama. Just not. Right. And so what I offered to him was I said, listen, I have the film. I will chop up every single offensive play. Right. And oh, I, I remember what his thing was. His thing was the, the reason that Bo's percentage is low is because he throws the ball, ball way a lot. Way yeah. a lot. And I was like, eh, no, man, actually, he had two throwaways in that game. 
he actually threw the ball away very little over the last half of the season. Um, and, and he was making a comparison to Stidham. He said Stidham's uh, uh, um, completion percentage, percentage was, was better uh, right. b- because he took sacks instead of throwing the ball away. And I said, no, that's just not true. There's no stats to back that up. You know, and then when I pointed out how many throwaways he had, he changed the definition of a throwaway. Yeah. And I'm just like, OK, if you can move the needle, whatever. But again, we watched every single play from that game. And all I saw was play calling kill Bo. Bo had no chance in that game. Nah. Play calling yeah. killed him. Man, the, the play the calling was, game oh, yeah. awful. was awful. It was right. so it was so we, we went back so and bad. watched that the other night. Every I was play. like. Oh my God! If I had hair, I would have been pulling it out. I don't actually. I, I know I wear hats all the time. Like I don't actually have hair under here. Yeah. So uh. <laughs> I, I I really do believe again. One of the reasons why we're bringing you guys these these chop it ups, right? Is is that um you know we have a new thing now. Uh, WTF? Watch the film. Watch the film. Watch yes, the sir. film. Right. And it's 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 just important. I mean, you can't you cannot make a serious argument for. Uh, uh, why we cannot do certain things unless you're actually looking at the film and not and and, and if you're watching um, broadcast film, it takes a little bit extra to see what you got to see if you don't have the all twenty two. Just want to put that out there. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's not all. It's it's very difficult if you don't have the all twenty two uh, to see some of the things that you need to see. But it's there, I promise you. Right. So at the right. end of the day, what this boils down to is, is that we just got to do better, man. Like our coaches have to do better for the players, first and foremost. Right. They have to have a system that is better designed to put players in a better position to make plays. And then the players need to buy in and then pay attention to the details. Watch the film. Watch film. If there are any players watching watching us right now, watch film. Every former player we've talked to has said, I wish I took watching film more seriously when I was in school. Yep. They just didn't. And so they never reached their potential. And then they get to the league and now they all learn how to do it. Yeah. That's right. all they do. They put mass amounts of resources into making sure that people know how to watch film. So, you know, we I make no mistake about it. You'll see a lot of imitators pop-up channels over the next few whatever. And I know we all Auburn community or whatever, man. But listen, when you come to a <laughs> war report... Obviously not. <laughs> right, talk, right. That, we that, we that, only come with real that talk. That don't I mean li- that much. Yeah, listen. I like talking to Chase H because he's real talk. I like talking to Vernon because he's just real talk. No fluff. like you know, And they don't pretend to know things that they don't know. That's the biggest thing for me. Listen, I'm not yeah. going to sit up here and pretend like I know some stuff. Yeah, and I, man. I, 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 ain't, I don't have to sell you on something I don't know. I'm going to just talk about what I know. I'm going to talk about what I see. That's one of the things I liked um, talking to Cole Kublik. He basically was like, people get mad at him because he talks about what he sees. Right. And that's it. Like, I'm not going to come to you and try to sell you a hype. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to look at the film. I'm going to tell you what I see on the film. And that's it. Right. And I, I love I was like, man, this man speaking my heart right now. I feel right, right there. Right. Um, yeah. They just want to, They just want you to fan out. You know what I mean? And, right. and that's a, that, that's a space for that. It's right. OK to be a fan. Like, listen, we we are fans. We want Auburn to do well. Yeah. But listen, man, facts. You, you, you have to acknowledge what you're looking at. And what ask you if what you're seeing is going to get you the result that you want as a fan. We've Fact got you. so much evidence that says, no, we had to make a change. <laughs> we made the change. Let's be yeah. realistic about what we're seeing. So much of the caping right. from all areas, from, from other content creators and a lot of the fans were so sad to see Gus go and and, and so sad to hear people uh, pointing out Bo's inconsistencies. But like, listen, 
I know 2013 meant a lot to you. I know it meant a lot to you. It meant a lot to me. I was in the student center and I could hear the rumble from the crowd for the kick six while I'm in here like, why are they yelling? And then I see it like a second later, like, oh, my God. Do you know what that moment was like? What what the prayer in Jordan hair was like? I get it. We don't get those moments, but a finite number of times as football fans. And we got a lot in a short span from Gus's tenure, but it got us nothing. All right. Right. It was great. I'm I'm happy I felt that way. And I know it made everybody feel tingly in your stomach. We didn't win a national championship. We won one SEC championship and no national championships in eight years. I will trade tingly feelings for a couple SEC championships every five years, six years. And a national championship every five or six years for every two times we end up in the SEC championship game. I want one national championship. And I think that's possible here. We shouldn't be accepting tingly feelings from right. one or two seasons. Like we've got to okay. want better than that, man. Being okay with just winning, uh, having a winning percentage, right? Like right. who cares? I don't care. I want to win hardware. Thank you for listening to the War Report Podcast. You can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the About section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show. If if we beat Bama three times in eight years with the strength and conditioning and poor preparation that we've had, how much more can damage could we do? Right, right. That's shore up those deficiencies. Right. But but again, because we the, the when what what Auburn is missing is consistency, right? The only thing that was consistent under the last administration was that they consistently recruited well, right? They yeah. did recruit well. I'll give them that. That's why the cupboards aren't empty for Harson. Thus, my statement was: it doesn't feel like it's a rebuild because it's not like you know Gus phoned it in on recruiting. Right, you know, right. um, but my point is, is that, you know, uh, you know, I feel like Bo, Bo is kind of uh, a microcosm of our bigger problem. Right. All the talent in the world. Mm. But what he's missing is consistency to be mm-hmm. great. And everybody's yeah. so frustrated. I mean, the fan base is so divided on Bo. Right. There's a lot of people out here caping for Bo. They're just like, oh, it's not Bo's fault. It's not this and that. And, you know, and I get yelled at a lot just for saying that bowl has a role to play in his own development. Right. And it's not fair to put it all on coaching and you can still acknowledge that coaching bat non-coaching hurt him. Yeah. So right. I just don't see how you can be a, a bow fan and a Gus apologist at the same time. I just yeah. don't, I don't get that. I don't understand right. that. Right. If you like Bo Nix, you should not like Gus very much because <laughs> he didn't do very much for him. Right. Yeah. So, you know, what I'm what I'm what I'm hoping to see here is, is that, you know, like I'm I'm high on Demetrius Davis. I am. I think that he has all the he's got everything but height. I mean, I'm telling you, man, if he was six, three, we'd be having a different conversation about him this spring. But, um, you know, I'm high on him because he's got all the fundamentals. He was clearly taught at the high school level a lot of solid fundamentals that I'm sorry, Bo never had when you watch his high school tape. So we talk about watching the film. 
you know, Auburn games aren't the only film we watch. These recruiting films are really important too, because somebody saw Bo's tape and said, Oh, he, he's got, he's got five-star talent, but I'm telling you, he never had five-star fundamentals. Never. And that wasn't just Gus that hyped up Bo. Bo was a highly touted recruit right. across several know, Everybody missed it. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. you watch the tape, it's easy to see why he has some of the issues that he has and what I hope Harson can do for him. And I think he is doing for him because we hear Bo saying it. So yeah. before everybody gets in the chat yelling at me, you ain't Bo. Like, listen, I hear Bo <laughs> saying a lot of the things that we, we've, been, <laughs> we've been saying for the last three months Year about his footwork. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's saying it now. So it was clearly an issue. And now that he's working on it, he has hope. Now, can he fix it all in one offseason? Eh, I'm, I'm iffy on that. But right. I think that if he I don't think that he has to be a superstar quarterback for us to win nine to ten games. Agreed. Right. And when you talk about winning with defense, he just has to uh, he, he did. He protect one thing that Bo did well is he protected the ball very well at home. He protected the ball well at home. He didn't turn the ball over a lot in Jordan Hare, right? Um, and if he can improve on the if he can take that same consistency in playmaking on the road, clean up his footwork, and clean up his ball placement. We went over this and I chop it up. If you're if you're if you just became an insider, I highly recommend you go back and watch that segment with Devin. When we talk about ball placement and, 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 and they were completions. That were just poorly thrown. You get credit for the completion, but not a lot of people go back and say this, the receiver didn't get a chance to make the play because of where the quarterback put the ball. And the better quarterbacks in a league over the last five years, their ball placement. You know, it's funny. I, I watched a, a thing about Mac Jones's pro day. These other quarterbacks have arm strength on him. Mm-hmm. They've got better deep balls. They've got all this stuff. But the one thing that he had on, they said, make him a prime pro prospect is his ball placement was impeccable. Mm-hmm. He puts the ball right where the receiver needs it almost every single time. It's almost a certainty that he's going to do that. And, you know, that's how you overcome some, like, you know, maybe a little bit of lack of arm strength or, you know, maybe you're not a run out of the pocket guy, right? I would take that. I would give back Bo's running ability for ball placement, for great ball placement. And he and, yeah. and sit in the pocket and just put the ball where it needs to be. We would go a lot further. I'm right. not mesmerized by what he can do with his feet. I'm not. You know why? Because we see a lot of that in college football these days. Plenty of guys right, can yeah. run. Right. Plenty of guys can run. Not everybody can put that ball on the outside shoulder nine and a half times out of ten when it's supposed right. to be there. Yeah. So, he's got time. He's got time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, the nine months between, well, from oh. the beginning of the year. But, yeah, he's got about five yeah. months now. Yeah. Let's 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 hit let's hit the chat for like, acknowledge some people. Yeah, Lawrence Robinson. So uh, so Lawrence Robinson lets us know just about every episode <laughs> how much he detests <laughs> Chad Morris. Yeah, yeah um, don't like that. Don't I'm like just start, I'm just starting to pick up on that, Lawrence. Um, so he, you've been real subtle. Here's the thing, though. I have to admit that I felt like he was a little heavy-handed with Chad Morris until I watched the twenty. 19 film of the Alabama game recently again. Mm-hmm. And I watched drag routes and I watched out routes and slant Facts. routes Facts. as part of that uh, game plan. Then I went and I watched the 2020 film with Chad Morris against Alabama coaching. 
And I was frustrated the entire time watching that. And I was like, you know what? Lawrence is right. Chad Morris's offense was trash last year. <laughs> it was super trash last year. Like I, you know, like, and and I put a lot of that on. Like I, I said earlier, I, I've ta- said this before. I'm not sure if it was he had to simplify it because he didn't feel like they were picking up on the concepts that he wanted to do. But man, it was it was hard to watch. I am I I am not gonna lie to you, Lawrence. Everything you, all the the vitriol that you have been spewing about Chad, he earned every bit of that last year. After I, you watched so, him comparatively so, year to year, yeah. so I, with the same no longer, quarterback and a lot of the same um, people playing at skill positions. Very different outcomes of how that offense was executed. Yeah, Ike. Now you 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 were shooting, you were shooting Chad Morris a little bit of bail because of COVID and a lack right. of a spring. Dude, I, I are, was. You, are you are you are you kind of. You know right. what? I just don't I don't know that there's much excuse for the the, the game planning and some okay. of the decisions down to down. Like I okay. like regardless of how how difficult you feel like your system is to pick up, even okay. the simple stuff that you put in place that you decided to keep was trash. There's a lot of mm. trash. Mm. So, all right. Yeah. All right. Chris, Chris McGuire, McGuire. Appreciate that, that very welcome. much. Welcome. welcome to the family. We got a few more. I got a Got to play some catch up. I wanted Corey. to make sure I shout out the fact that King is back in the chat, and yeah, he King did say that um, Mike G is petty, probably because he's light skinned. So you I got some. Listen, listen, right. <laughs> I'm not. Well, no, King I am petty. Never mind. I'm petty. Yeah, King is a great a hater. He is a great a hater. Shout out Corey. Appreciate yeah, you, up, man. Appreciate that. Tailgating, drinking party, twenty twenty one. Yeah, what are we drinking for a day? We gotta have some. We gotta pick some. That's a good question. We might need to get an A date. I might need to see if we can talk to some. If anybody knows, so let's just do this. Let's 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 uh, recruit the chat. If anybody has any connections at like a local brewery or something, maybe we could do something like a beer of the day type thing. If we can get a brewery that would want to sponsor us doing that, and we could be send us. Okay, so. The war rapport at gmail.com is our email address. Mm-hmm. You can email that stuff to us. If you have a connection at a brewery here that's local to Alabama, maybe we can do some sort of beer of the week type of thing and we can do that for our game day stuff. So I don't know. I, I, I literally just thought know. of that. Maybe that's something we could do. That's a good idea. Though. I like that. I like you know? that. Yeah. I like that. Shout out Kenneth oh, Sims. Sims. What's up, Shout man? You've been in the chat Kenneth. for a minute. About time. Yeah. Listen, y'all, y'all don't be thinking I'd be paying attention to this stuff. I pay attention to who be here and who hadn't joined yet. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. I'm just we saying see I pay you. attention to it. We see you. We see <laughs> you. No, but no I man. appreciate you coming, whether you're spending any money at all. You don't have to drop a single super chat. You don't have to be a member. You don't have yep. to buy no merch. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You all continuing sure. to show up week sure in and no. week out is the that, that that's important to me. It's I agree so with you, Auburn Dad. Life, I would prefer a single malt, a nice bourbon or a whiskey would be wonderful. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how I like to get down. But but I'm just saying, everybody ain't in that single malt life. But I know a lot of football fans are beer drinkers. So Corey Weber got a uh, he 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 has a he has a great idea about getting JG involved with the meet and greet drinking party because he'll definitely bring his bourbon. We might have to might have to holler at old JG about that. JG had me driving around DC looking for blends. Hey, but it was working. That blend is fire, though. Yeah, like $120 a bottle that that stuff is out here. I found it, though. I found it 15 miles away into D.C. I I, I found it. 
If so, you're looking for a less expensive, uh, nice pour, a Woodford Reserve is, okay. is definitely on that list. I, I'm I, with that, I dig that. Listen, I'm listen. I'm a bourbon drinker, right? So like, we can get we can get down with the bourbon now. I, I promise you, we good with that. Yep. Shout out to you, Kenneth. I think you just upgraded, just upgraded yourself. You know, appreciate you, you, my guy. My appreciate, man, that. My man. appreciate that. Yeah, I wanted to get to a comment. Um, it was way back, and this is not to beat the dead horse. That is the death uh, Malzahn regime. But <laughs> I mop asked why was Gus so bad away versus at home. So what I have, I, I don't have these facts. All right. Th- this is not facts from me, from Gus or for an offensive lineman that played from Gus. But what I have discussed with people who have played football was that how Gus designed and called plays was there was very little room for adjustment for the people mm-hmm. that were on the field for him. Mm-hmm. So, if you go out there in the set and the defense goes, they're running B, and you are, in fact, running B, you are screwed. What that means is, as an offensive line, you can't say, listen, they're lined up to get what we're getting. Quarterback, do you see this? Quarterback, do you see this, right? And the quarterback goes, all right, let's go to C instead. That wasn't happening, and that could not happen. On top yeah, of that, because all the audibles came from the, the sideline, right? right? It was check with me. But like once that play came in from the sideline, that was it. That was the it. Defense adjusted to whatever you just called from the sideline. You're done. You're done. You're done. So um, not only that, but when you're away, the crowd noise is a factor. Whatever communication <clears throat> you could do to mitigate whatever the defense did to adjust, you can't do it anymore. Not home. You got all the time in the world. You can read their mail. Gus can read their mail. He's got time. It was a much easier situation for the offensive line and the quarterback at home versus away because of how Gus designed and called his offense. That that's why we were so bad away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, you know the the biggest thing for me home versus away is when you are over the tenure of Gus Malzahn. Uh, a lot of what his offense was predicated on, well, any offense, let it not, not let me just not limit it to Gus Malzahn. A lot of what offense is predicated on is the offensive line play, right? Mm-hmm. And what you just said about being able to communicate well as an offensive line, um, it, to me, it's just indicative of what they are coaching the offensive line to be able to do. Right? They weren't, the, the communication wasn't as good on the road. Um, and when you have mediocre at best play calling designs, right, like the, the play ain't really designed well and then it's not blocked well, it has zero chance of working. Right. I don't. Right. See, here's the thing. The the best offenses that have existed um, aren't necessarily the ones that catch you slipping every now and then. And this is what Gus was predicated on. I'm mm-hmm. going to catch you slipping every now and then and we going right. we going to sneak one. Right. Mm-hmm. The best offenses are we're going to line up. You're going to line up. You might know what we're about to do. Can you stop it is the question. Are you able to actually prevent us from doing the thing you know we're about to do? I remember um, this isn't necessarily Auburn related, but it's about Cam Newton. Everybody remembers the highlight of Cam Newton in Carolina. Uh, It was the first year with McCaffrey at running back. They were in a goal-to-goal oh, situation. Yeah. And yeah. Clay um, Clay Matthews comes up to the line of scrimmage. He's like, they've got to do that wheel route. It's that wheel right. route. Cam's right. like, oh, you watch film too? All right, check, watch this. Ray. <laughs> right, he was like, okay, you know what's coming, but do you know the counterplay that we have off of that? Mm-hmm. And if you go and watch the defense, they probably still would have got burnt quick by the wheel route, but they had absolutely no prayer for that option route that he was running. Right, 
It was beautiful, right. man. That was that was masterful. I mean, I think who was it? Was the OC at the time? Was that still a uh, old, old guy from Bama, or was that uh, Norv Turner by then? Shula, my yeah. Shula. Yeah, it was Shula. I think it, it was, was Shula, Shula, which is amazing. Yeah. So obviously he knows football. Um, you know, God bless him. He's not head coaching just wasn't his thing. And that's yeah. some people are better at offensive co- coordinator than they are head coach. That's yeah. just a yeah. fact of life. Yeah. That's something we yeah. learned for eight years. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think um uh if you if you look at what we have coming, if they can just do some basic things better, man. Like, you know, I saw I saw a lot of failures in terms of foundational you know, things that needed to be done for us to be successful. Uh, I think that Harson is coming in and seeing that, and he's really put an emphasis on foundational success, right? Yeah. On, on I'm fundamentals. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just, I, I thought you were finished. I was going to highlight what Billy was saying right here. Gus was playing not to lose a lot. Yeah, and I think that. I think that, that, cost, that cost us that national championship in 2013. Yeah. yeah. The third quarter came and he started playing not to lose. And, the other guy, the guy, they had a quarterback too. They had a pretty good quarterback too. They had yeah. athletes too. Kelvin Benjamin, Jameis Winston. And, I mean, and the head coach was, was Brian's cook. favorite coach. I mean, don't do that. Don't, don't do Fisher. that, man. Don't do that. Man, don't do listen, that. man. Listen, I can man. tell you. They were stacked top to bottom with talent. I mean, top to bottom. I'd say they easy. probably out talented us by like a. A three to two margin. And, and we were in that booty for and the first half of that game. We deserved to win that game. But. I mean, they had talent. They had good coaches. They adjusted. That's what good coaches do. But right. we were up in the fourth quarter. I think if we don't have a guy pull a hammy on that kick return, we win that game. Should've they needed that kick that, return though. to make that comeback. Should've never come. Should've yeah. never come down to that. Caesar and I were at the top of the Rose Bowl watching that. And if you've I'm never sorry, been to guys. the Rose Bowl, I'm sorry. There I'm sorry is you not were out there for that. Bad seat in that stadium, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's not a bad seat in that stadium, and. As soon as Trey Mason scored with like just under two minutes left, I turned to Caesar. I was like, "We scored too fast." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We left Facts. too much time mm-hmm. on the clock. That's Facts. how it felt. It felt that way. And yeah. lo and behold, man, they they went back down there and we lost that game. And it was just, uh, you know, that was so symbolic of what Gus's time was like. Right at Auburn was we mm-hmm. could not put teams away. We didn't have a go for the throat in the fourth quarter type mentality or when we were up big. It was just, you know, manage the game. He would turn it loose, get up, and then he would overmanage the game and let the other team back in. Jimbo was reading our mail by that point. Our defense was yeah. not good, man. Yeah, they were they were decent. We had some quality pieces, but Jimbo was all in our mail, social security number. It was over. It was over yeah. by there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, a comment. A comment here that I want to not so much make about Melzahn. Uh, Edie Darby says Gus Melzahn did not utilize the coaches in the booth. They were up there for a reason. Listen, one of the things I'm excited about Harson is that I'm hearing how the coaching staff talks about working with the other coaches right. in building Auburn's defense, building Auburn's offense. And the trust that exists between the coaches amongst themselves. That's refreshing to hear when we know what happened with the last uh, staff. Right. So I, I like that Harson is who has a ton of experience who could really just have an ego and say, yo, I got this. He's talking about the other guys and in, 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 in working with them and the experience and the, the knowledge that they bring to the table. I also like to hear that Harson is saying, listen, man, I'm not only evaluating these kids. 
but we're going to go back and evaluate the film and, and look at how we're coaching these kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Are the they getting the, the terminology? Are they, do we need to simplify? Do we need to adjust what we're doing in the film room? Do we yeah. need to adjust what we're doing on the field? Like, like uh, we're going to have the strength and conditioning people look at how they're practicing. What tweaks do we like? I like that. I like that. Harson is wanting to tweak everything in order to get better. And I think right. that was something that went stale and stagnant under Auburn was that, Malzahn just felt like he knew it all, at least yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. And so there was no there was no reason to tweak anything. There was no reason to accept inf- input from other coaches. I like that we have someone who's really building a team and a staff to where they can take advantage and, and build off of each other's knowledge. I like that. I, I'm going to be interested to see between drives for the respective sides of the ball, how much conversation is actually happening on the sideline, right? While the defense is out there, is the offense on the sideline actually talking now? Because you didn't yeah. see, you just saw people sitting on the sideline and, you know, maybe they're cheering on the team and everything, but like, okay, we could cheer later, right? Like if we're losing this game or we're struggling right now, let's get together and figure this out on the sidelines. Like, let's talk. That's what you, you got people up there in the booth that are watching this stuff? Are they sending stuff down saying, hey, this is what they're doing to you guys up front. This is this is how they're playing this stunt up front offensive line. You need to pass that off in this way. Wide receivers, hey, this is what they're playing on the back end in the coverage. Like that guy looks like he's dropping back in the quarters, but he's actually robbing, right? Like we need to figure that out. You know, is Bo over there getting with, you know, the running backs? And like, are we talking on the sideline? Conversely, on the defense, are you on the sideline talking about what your assignments are supposed to be? Hey, you know, when they're they're doing this on the offensive line, that guy is pulling around right here. You can shoot yeah. that gap. This is what I need you to be able to do. because right. This is what I'm going to do. Right. You see you hear people start to talk like that or see them start to talk like that on the sideline. You know, people understand what their responsibilities are and they understand what they need to do to combat the things that they're seeing on the field. I didn't see that stuff happening a lot. I didn't think that there were a ton of people who were actually out there leading on our team consistently just because I feel as if we were coaching kids to be robots and robots don't necessarily have leadership. They just go out and do stuff. Right. right. And, I, and, and we need people who are going to be having that leadership out there on the field, understanding their responsibilities and then being able to teach guys, hey, man, when we call this, this is where your responsibility is supposed to be. You're supposed to be in this gap. And that are like we, the players need to know that just as much as the coaches, but the coaches need to have the responsibility to be up and co- coach those guys up on the sideline too. hopefully we're getting to that place. Agreed. JT Martin, which defensive coach y'all think goes to the booth? I have a hard time thinking that Mason is going to the booth. He looks like a mm. sideline in your face kind of coach. If yeah, I had to pick somebody, I'm going with Schmetting going to the booth. Uh, that's the inside linebackers coach, uh, Harson's uh, defensive guy at Boise. If I had to pick somebody, I would pick him going to the booth. Um, and, and like Mason was saying, he's got Schmetting and the guy from Fresno that were both DCs. You've got yeah. real live defensive coordinators. They can be in the boot, right. but yeah, you're the absolutely. energy guy. And then that's that's the benefit of a quality staff being put together. Instead of calling yeah. back to your high school cronies and saying, hey, when y'all want to come work for me as an analyst, instead, listen, you got a DC who's been stopping D1 offenses for five, 10 years. Put him in the boot. He knows what he's looking at better than these high school coaches do. Right. And that's a, right. a, a huge upgrade. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. 
So where will Bobo call the game from? Somebody's uh, Ed Darby asked. No, he's where, definitely going to be in the booth. He's, he's going to see him. He yeah, looks like a booth. Time. In a booth. Yeah, and, so, and I think that the, the good thing, again, about having someone like like Harson on the sidelines, right? Like who is a former OC and is the head coach. He has the insight to be able to be on the sidelines and we're seeing the same, but you know, okay, I need my eyes in the sky to tell me some stuff, but I think, I think Bobo will be up in the booth for sure. If, uh, if I had to, 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 to guess something, but yeah, one of my um, favorite movies is, um, yeah, I'm just, my favorite movie. And I can't even think of the name of it. Denzel Washington football. Remember, remember, the, Titans. Titans. remember the Titans, but like, Remember the Titans is an example of what I feel like our coaching staff had been before, because what was clear was Herman Boone was like, listen, I got my offense. You got the defense. Right. That's not a recipe for unification of a football team, though. Like somebody needs to be able to be executive and and, yeah. and call stuff and say, listen, no, this is what we're trying to do as a team. And this is what I'd like to see us be able to do offensively and defensively and have the eyes on all of that stuff. Brian Harson strikes me as a guy who's got he's got he might not be a defensive guy, but he has a pulse on what the defense is attempting to do. Right. So he's going to understand what we need to do strategically all around to get us into a W at the end of the day. Thanks. Agreed. Thanks. Agreed. 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 Not too many offensive nature coaches are as intense at Harson. That's usually a defensive coach thing. That whole running to a wall, rah, rah, you know, I'm going to be in the weight room with you. That's usually defensive guys like I'm, I'm thinking about Muschamp you remember that clip from Muschamp playing um, coaching Texas as a DC and in the national championship game he's on the clipboard like about to bust through the clipboard yeah. with his hands yeah like that's that's that, that defensive coach energy and it's not that Harson necessarily showed that he's gonna be like that but he's he's built like a defensive coach as far as how he approaches the game so um right. I, I think that's a good mix for him for yeah, us he's an intense guy um, I mean, he's 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 calculated. Uh, he, he's detailed. You know, I think um, he leads by example. There's a lot of things to look forward to this fall when it comes to to, to, to what he's going to do. I'm just looking forward to the scheme, man. The scheme has just got to be better to me. Mm-hmm. He's got all Agreed. the talent, man. Coach him up and then put together a scheme based on what you have and not what you hope you have. Right. Seems like yeah. seems like seems like we schemed based on what we hoped we had a lot, in spite of what we actually had. I see some good verbiage y'all are calling out here in the chat, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, bullet reserve. I, I, I dig the bullet. Perfect. I dig, I dig bullet saying? reserve. I dig bullet uh, reserve. Somebody said something else earlier that I don't think I've had. Um, Yo, Edie, yeah. you you going to make me stream oh. this movie tonight. Yeah. All right? You're going to keep, keep with the lines now. You're going to make me stream what, this what movie tonight. Pain? French yeah. bread. And you're going to make me stream it for real. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna host a watch party for Remember the Titans right <laughs> before real. the season starts, <laughs> uh, so everybody can uh, come live stream it with us, and, and then we'll get ourselves fired up for the game. So, uh, D Williams thinks that uh, uh, D thinks that uh, Mason may actually go to the booth. That's yeah. interesting. That's I think interesting I, I think Billy Billy agrees with that. Said he he thinks that um, you know Mason. Well, I think well he was he was surprised that someone said that, or maybe the surprise that we said that Mason would be on the field. Um, yeah, I see Mason being on the field. I, I I just do. But again, you don't find these things out what a week or two before before the season starts. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what decisions are made there. Yeah, absolutely. 
And again, if you are new watching this either live or on the replay and you have yet to do so, please, by all means, like and subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're out there on social media, you can find us at The War Report on Instagram and Twitter. We are also the TW, uh, TW Report on TikTok. Signing off. Thanks again for your support for the 100th episode. And as always, War Eagle.